Hey everybody, this is Renee, the Colorado Sports Guys intern. Nate Ross and I would like to invite you to support the podcast by using the Colorado Sports Guys affiliate link for Amazon.com. If you shop at Amazon and you'd like to support the show, just go to ColoradoSportsGuys.com. Click the Amazon link at the top of the page and do your normal shopping and stuff. For every purchase you make on Amazon after clicking through ColoradoSportsGuys.com, you'll be supporting the Colorado Sports Guys podcast. Thanks and enjoy the show. From CSG Studios, high above the streets of beautiful Denver, Colorado, you're listening to the Colorado Sports Guys. They talk about sports and stuff. And now your hosts, Nate Timmons and Ross Martin. Welcome to the podcast, episode number 53. Thank you, Renee, the intern. You're doing a great job if you're listening. Somewhere. Renee, another coffee over here. Another, another beer, Renee. <laughs> Nate Timmons, how are you doing, buddy? People of the interwebs want to wish you all a happy Tuesday evening. Ross, what's up to you, man? Oh, man, I'm doing great, and I'm uh, very happy to have Jeff Morton in studio once again. Welcome, Jeff. Hello, Ross. Hello, Nate. Of course. bring us the old Mort Report tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Not Mort Report. Of course, you all know Jeff Morton from DenverStiffs.com, the, uh, the uh, wordsmith that he is over there. Yes. Continuing to do a good job. And uh, today we have a lot to talk about. We do? Of course. Always. Uh, I'm going to talk about a scoop that we had. A scoop, a bona fide scoop, a tip that was sent in to our text message that uh, came in a little late. We'll talk about that in a minute. We're going to talk about the Broncos. Summer camp? Yeah, summer camp, <laughs> playing tiddlywinks. Camp on a wanna. Kayak and we hold you in our hearts. Yeah, I think Peyton Manning got a blue ribbon. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah, we're going to talk about that and the uh, big uh, uh, appearance of all the fans at the stadium last week on Saturday. We're going like to talk about five or six or something. Yeah, yeah. We're going to talk about the Olympics and uh, UFC 150. Is oh, what's up, now. UFC 150? Oh my gosh. Timmons loves it. Timmons loves the UFC. Nate will be the only one talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. When we first started our show, uh, we are like, we should talk about UFC. And I was like, yeah, let's do that. But I, I think I was just doing that to appease you, Nate. I, I don't really care about it. Anyway. We'll I like that. that. That's cool. Let's talk about that. Uh, the Colorado Rockies, um, things are bad. And uh, people, I think, are kind of a little depressed and they're getting agitated and we're starting to pick on each other when we shouldn't be. And so I want to talk about that, including Jim Tracy's uh, meltdown last night, which was awesome. Um, but before we get into all that, let's remind everybody to like us on Facebook, email us. Our email address is show at Colorado sports guys.com. Follow us on Twitter at C O L O sports guys. Call us and leave a message or text message us at seven two zero. Seven two two one two seven four. We are available on Stitcher Radio, iTunes, and you can find links to all of this stuff at the aforementioned website www.coloradosportsguys.com. Now, let me start off the show by mentioning a uh, mentioning something. I, we had a scoop, a real scoop, a tasty scoop, mint chocolate chip um, ice cream. Uh, a scoop, as they call it in the Bucket scoop. in the newspaper yeah. business, right? The reporting business. I'm not a reporter. Yep. No. I don't. I don't break news stories. But 
we got a scoop. And uh, the unfortunate thing is that this uh, text message came in at our uh, text line, 720-722-1274, by the way. This came in, and let me just read it to you. This is the, this is the text message we served, re- received. This was from uh, a phone number that all says is North Dade, Florida, which I can only assume is North Dade County, yes. right, in yeah. Florida. Mm-hmm. The reason why I know where that is is because I watched Dexter. And also, that's where Elvis Doomerville was arrested about a month ago. <laughs> this text message says, just listen to your Doomerville podcast. This is from a reliable source. Not to get specific, the lawyer on your show is on target for Doomerville innocence. And, of course, the lawyer that he's speaking about is Scott Goldman, the Colorado Sports Guy's legal correspondent, yes. who uh, poked a lot of holes in the prosecutor's case. And against the media's case against Elvis Doomerville. But uh, he said, Doomerville didn't commit that crime. By the way, the name is pronounced not uh, Dummerville or Doomerville. He says it's Doomerville. Doomerville. <laughs> Doomerville, which uh, I stand corrected. But anyway, that was the scoop we got. Now, what's unfortunate is that this afternoon we all found out that Elvis Doomerville was proved innocent, or at least. They did not. They're not charging. They're not charging him. So what good is a scoop if you get it after the fact? Well, this text message came in six days ago. And because I am so astute at maintaining all of the ways that we communicate with our listeners that I ask them to communicate to us every week because I don't check it ever, we're missing scoops well, we knew, right? I mean, everybody kind of knew that he was whoa, whoa. most likely going to get we off. We thought, but this is this is from a reliable source. Our, yeah, that's hard. Our texter says hard press. And he's in North Dade, Florida. And this guy, I said, I said, uh, what's your name so we can give you credit? He goes, I'd rather just be anonymous. <laughs> I feel like Woodward and Bernstein. Well, here, anonymous, just a little thank too you. late. Thank you for that. Uh, pre-post scoop. Yeah, well, but it would happen six days ago, and uh, I'm wondering. Oh, so man. you think that was Doomerville then? <laughs> well, you I, don't, that. Uh, I don't think it was. I, I don't know. I don't. Guys, try to I didn't judge. do this. Strike out. <laughs> I he didn't want, do this. I don't want to judge uh, like people's uh, text messages and trying to determine kind of what race they are. But he did include a LOL in the text message. And Doomerville doesn't seem like the LOL type. Does that make sense? Yeah. He Do you think really Elvis Doomerville, if he text messaged us? I mean, I know he listens to the show, uh, but... Uh, I think he would he, use like a ha, like an H-A. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or like a, yeah. I don't see him being or, an LOLer. Yeah, I don't see him being an LOLer. Not a ruffle or a... Not know, a guffaw. Or, yeah. But anyway, we had the scoop. And we had this before our last week's episode. We could have blown this story wide open. We could have, man. We could have. Everyone would have been like, wow, how'd they get that scoop? Video evidence. I could have been like, I could have tweeted this out. This is from a reliable source. Doomerville is innocent. (laughs) Doomerville. 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 Well, that's good. I mean, the Broncos got their linebacker slash defensive end back. Yes, and thank you. And then, by the way, he text messaged us today with, I told you, all caps. Yep. So, again, I don't think that would be Doomerville. But I wonder, is he working the DA's I office? You. I told you. He obviously wants to <laughs> stick it to us a little bit. Like, I told you I was right. Anyway, but thank you for text messaging us. If you have more tips, That's the anybody reach out there, of Colorado sports guys. That's right. 720-722-1274 if you want to text message us any more tips. 
because uh, we'll be sure to scoop it next time. Because that's what we do here. Is that what they call it? Scoop it? Scoop Scooping it. it. It's yep. Like, Just like, like Cold Stone, baby. Scoop like, it out. Mash it like, up. Uh, or like dog poop. No. You don't want that kind of scooping ever. Okay. That's mainly in a Safeway sack with your hand gently grabbing. I hear you. Still warm. I have a neighbor's dog that loves to wander across the street and relieve himself in our grass. And it's just this old dog that's like dying. Oh. I'm like, sad. can you please not let your dog out? I don't want to pick up his crap. That's why I don't have a dog. So I don't have to, you know, sink down to that level. It's like uh, the Burbs. You ever see that movie? Wasn't that part of that? Tom know. Hanks? Sounds right. This just reminds me of an Onion headline I saw. It was in the, I'll have to edit myself because there's swearing in it. But oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It uh, said, independent-minded cat craps outside the box. <laughs> <laughs> oh, people of the Onion are so fantastic. <laughs> All right, well, uh, that's my scoop story. But moving on, Broncos scrimmage. Broncos. Denver Broncos are about ready to uh, just light the world up. I kind of I mean, miss this scrimmage thing. Was this free? Was this anybody okay. could? Right. Everybody could wander into uh, Sports Authority Field. That's a good question. I believe it was free. Yeah. And it seems uh, like it. I happened to be riding my uh, bicycle past the stadium around three o'clock on Saturday, and I'm wondering what all of these people are doing going to the stadium. I thought it must be lacrosse. Maybe Kenny Chesney was back in town. I didn't know. I get home, I pull up the Twitter, and everybody's talking about Broncos are going to set a record for the number of idiots that have nothing better to do but then to go watch a scrimmage. <laughs> and they're like, let's beat, let's beat the Packers. Packers had 70,000 people at their scrimmage the other day. Let's show them who the real fans are. And I'm thinking to myself, why? I don't, don't think Sports Authority even holds 70,000. <laughs> 72 or something. 76,000. Oh, okay. But, but my question is why? Why, why go watch a, a scrimmage? Okay, it's free. I get it. But there's a lot of things that are free yeah. that you shouldn't do. And I get it. We're trying to be fans. But I, I don't even go to preseason games. I don't even watch preseason games. Well, Ross, I don't know if you've heard the Broncos signed a guy named Peyton Manning and people want to get a look at him. I did hear that. That's and the only reason to go. That's the only reason anybody went. Yeah, but then there's no reason to do that anyway. They wanted to see his forehead. Yeah, in a fine. You want to snap a picture forehead. of him, throw it up on your <laughs> Twitter, your Facebook. I mean, you want to be one of the first people to say that you saw him in a Broncos uniform, right? If you couldn't make it to training camp because, I don't know, you had a job or something, this was your first chance to really get out there and see the team, man, to see Peyton Manning, number 18 back there. And that's your position. My position is. It's a waste of time. You know, a lot of those idiots listen to this podcast. Yep. And I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm not saying it wasn't it's a waste okay. of time. It's okay, I'm saying folks. People... <laughs> you 42,000 people that went to that stadium I can't to watch a scrimmage? Uh, to watch a scrimmage. I a can't... scrimmage. Well, we actually knew. I even knew some girls that went and then had posted pictures on Facebook. They were just, like, trying to dress up cute and be at, like, the social scene. I'm like, are they even Broncos fans? Because neither one of them is from Colorado, so it's I don't even know what usually, they're doing there. It's usually reserved for Rockies games. Yeah, it really is, but I don't know what they, it's like. I don't know. Maybe they're hoping that they would, you know, get a number of a football player or be spotted by well, somebody Peyton. cool. And, yeah. Did anybody like how everybody who was at the stadium was tweeting out the play-by-play? Oh, Peyton Manning just threw a bomb, overthrew Demarius Thomas. Yeah, that's one of the worst things ever of Twitter is and yeah, play-by-play. I can understand why the media would go to a scrimmage or a practice to report that back. 
to the people. But now everybody is kind of a part of the media, I guess, just because you have a Twitter account. And I'm sitting there watching the same exact tweet over and over and over again from 10 different people completely unrelated from each other saying, Peyton Manning looks really good. Overthrew Demarius. It's Demarius Thomas's fault. Wasn't hustling. <laughs> I could tell that because I have zero experience playing football or and or a coaching football and or anything other than just me having this weird platform that I call Twitter that gives me this equal voice with everybody else, even though I'm an idiot. That's the other saving grace for Peyton Manning, though, is he has these, you know, younger receivers that are going to take all the blame for anything that goes wrong. You know, anytime he drops, should be. overthrows, underthrows, it's like, oh, he didn't run that route right. And, you know, Marvin Harrison and him had a thing for that route. And now he's, he's got he's got to work with these guys. Yes. I'm so sure that being said, Can't I am excited. Idiot liquored up kicker anymore. Ah, uh, liquored up kicker. Prater. We have a great liquored up kicker yes, here. Yes, we do. We do. Uh, between Prater and Colquitt. I mean, that's like these guys are the drunkest well, guys in town. Colquitt, you're me, you're, you're, uh, oh, yeah. Colquitt and his brothers, they're like Leonard Skinner. At some point, Colquitt, after, after Missy Franklin turns 18. Without the airplane, I hope. <laughs> yeah. Well, just one of them. I mean, just one of them died in that, right? But uh, the Colquitt brothers are notorious alcoholics, and uh, for that, I applaud them. Notorious, <laughs> making wild accusations. <laughs> oh no, no, no! It's legit. They're they're, they're drinkers. All right. I think they're from uh, Tennessee. Maybe. Anybody know? No. No right, idea. No, but I heard Tennessee and his Tennessee believing. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what you just said. What Tennessee and his Tennessee believing? Oh yeah, yeah. The Show Me State. Yep. No, that's yep. Missouri. That's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Capital is uh, Pierre, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> Yes. I don't know what the heck you're talking about. <laughs> Geography, Nate. Oh, Geography. come on. Learn the capitals. Um, but anyway, I am excited about the Denver Broncos. I, I don't understand the uh, infatuation with going to – I mean, we had Kirk, uh, Captain Kirk from Mile High Report on last week, and he's going to – what is it? I keep wanting to say spring training. Training camp. Training right? camp, yeah. You're just thrown off because it's not Greeley anymore. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're not it's, standing in the dorms. They're going know? to summer camp. Yeah, they're going to camp. Yes, camp on Iwana. Um, <laughs> I, I understand why Kirk is going. I understand why we see local media guys going. But just the normal person to go, unless you are a child who wants to get autographs, why are you going to watch practices? Why are you? I mean, it's like Allen Iverson practice. What are we talking about here? Practice? I don't get it. So anyway, they're going to Outdoor Lab at Windy Peak. Oh, I went to Mount Evans. You went to Mount Evans? Yeah, I did Windy Peak. Ah, oh, too bad. And Windy Peak was fun. Well, you know, it's no Mount Evans. It's not a fourteen. Nate has no idea what we're talking. About. <laughs> that was Jeff Co. <laughs> I stay. Jeff Co. I stay inside. Well, mostly. Jeff, we're on the west side, buddy. We, we west grew up on the I don't side. go over that dump. <laughs> part of Colorado. I stay on the good side. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So coming from a man who lives in Aurora. <laughs> yeah. Indeed. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, you think you're cool because of theater shootings? We got school shootings on our side, dude. <laughs> That's true. Man. It's too, too soon. Moving on. Um, are you guys... Uh, last week, I could not stop talking about how I, much I loved the Olympics. Mm. And I'm, I'm kind of over it now. Burned out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We got. I got kind of burned out on the swimming too. I found oh. myself just fast forwarding. Is it because Missy Franklin's done? Well, I don't even think they just got done. But the last like four or five big races, I just I didn't even watch really. Oh, I'm like, like uh, I'm in a post Missy Franklin depression here. I just want to get to the track and field. 
That's fun. That's going on now. Yeah, I was ready for that. That's what I'm saying. This past weekend, I was just ready for, you know, I saw the, like the women's 100 was phenomenal. The little gal from Jamaica, Price, whatever her name is, she won it back to back. I think she's only the third woman ever to double up on the 100 meter. Get, you know, she got gold in Beijing and then gold this time. I think she, she got it? The third woman. Yeah. She's no, she's no Flojo. No, she's not on roids like Flojo was. No. Oh, God. You know what? I don't understand. I mean, I, I, I just said I kind of got burnt out on the Olympics, but. I don't understand where so much Olympic hatred comes in. People seem so judgmental of certain sports in the Olympics. You talk about trampoline. People are like, oh, why is that even a sport? I actually or, did see that roll across the screen, and I was oh, like, why the hell is that a sport? Well, see, exactly. In badminton, right? <laughs> why is badminton a sport? Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. This is actually true? What? Trampoline is a sport. Trampoline yeah, is an Olympic sport. Synchronized swimming you get gets crazy. ridiculed so much. How, okay, it's probably watching you know the the water polo too much, or the uh, um, other sports. <laughs> the, uh, the swimming, Morton. Yeah, the, the the pregnant pause man. The yeah, the uh, <laughs> the thing with the with the water swimming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, but honestly, you think trampoline shouldn't be a sport because I'm thinking I have no I've I have no position on it. I was just surprised that it was an event. But the question is why is that any more ridiculous than any other sport? Well, they should have the trampoline if they're going to do it, they should have it either outside only on windy days or inside with a big <laughs> fan. That should be part of the degree of difficulty is you have to stay on that damn trampoline with okay. that fan blowing on. Okay. Okay. Now, trampoline is clearly difficult, right? Uh, diving, uh, high diving is very difficult as well, yet there's somewhat of a safety net, if you will, called the swimming pool. If you mess up, you're going into water and you're going to be okay. But if you mess up on a trampoline, I mean, you could be – you're decapitated by the springs. I I'd mean, like to see somebody launch into, like, the crowd or something. Well, that could be, be cool. But my question is why is that sport ridiculous when any other sport is not ridiculous? Like basketball in itself – Okay, think about it. All right, it's basketball, but it's no more ridiculous than trampoline. It's still a made-up sport. And I'm saying, you know, what we should do is we should get rid of basketball from the Olympics. We should get rid of soccer in the Olympics because at the very least what trampoline has to offer is that it is in the Olympics, it is the highest level of competition that that sport ever sees. Yet when we watch basketball or soccer, it's clearly not the highest level of competition because it's not the best players playing each other. In basketball, the highest level would be in the NBA. In soccer, it would be uh, World the World Cup. Cup or it would even probably, you know, probably not even the World Cup. It would be like the English Premier League or something like that where you have the best players from all around the world converging, playing on the same team and playing against each other. So I'm saying let's get rid of these sports like basketball and soccer and and uh, let's get all of the sports in the Olympics that are the highest level of that sport. And I don't think I would have a problem watching trampoline. It's impressive. I mean, do you know for a fact, though, that the trampoline people are the best representations of that sport? Do you okay, really follow it so, that close? All right, I guess I'm not a big fan of, like, the Mexican Trampoline League, <laughs> where perhaps all of these people from all around the world compete against each other, but I'm right. guessing. I'm guessing yes. Okay. I, no. I, uh, I have to admit I'm not familiar with competitive trampoline. <laughs> Well, it doesn't um, exist. It doesn't uh, exist outside of the Olympics. I, it's you know, yeah, I've never even that 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 surprised me. I had no. It's like women's hatchet throwing or something like that. That exists. I that sounds have, awesome. That, that was one of illegal. that was one of those things they used to show on ESPN in the mid mid afternoons oh, back in that. like in the 
early '90s, late late '80s. Right after it was like the Tough Man competition. Yeah, it was. It was some ridiculous. Our world's thing. strongest man. I mean. And then, Those and then, the then as we got into the early 2000s, they had the N one mixtape uh, stuff going all afternoon. Yeah, remember? So, remember know, that was back when ESPN used to show like darts instead yes, of the darts, WNBA. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they still do billiards and they still do um, um, freaking uh, Texas Hold'em tournaments. On the ESPN, really? On the ESPN. Yeah, ESPN 2, I think. Yeah. Are you done uh, surfing the internet over there, Timmons? Are you ready to join us or what? I am, man. I'm looking, <laughs> looking stuff up. Still getting prepared over here. To talk about what? Uh, I was going to go big and do trampoline, but you, you kind of stepped on my toes. <laughs> yeah, there. let's talk that, about trampolines. I had that planned. <laughs> let's talk about trampolines. I had that already. By the way, I think tonight... You, you, you um, crushed his spirit when you said no uh, UFC. Oh, no, we're going to talk about the UFC. Oh, okay. Have but, they ran the men's 100 yet? Did I miss that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Usain Bolt run. Oh, no, wait, God. No, 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 no. Wait. Did they, did, did, yes, he did. Yes, he did. He they already the ran that? Yeah. I totally missed Usain that. Usain Bolt won? Yeah. What was that, Monday night? Yes. Great. I just deleted that off my DVR before I came over No, here. Sunday night. Deleted that, too. Perfect. So, so Usain Bolt's the missed? only guy ever to repeat in the 100 for men, right? No one's ever repeated from Olympics to Olympics in the 100 meters. That was like the big, uh, yeah. the big story. Yeah, because now he's on the 200. Yeah, so uh, well, that's phenomenal. Oh, missed that one. Was it close? Did, was Tyson Gay close? The other dude from Jamaica with the cornrows was he? Was he in there? For Usain Bolt, it was close, but it really wasn't that close. I'm gonna watch that thing on uh, Comcast on demand. What about on there? What about Kerry Lee Walsh Jennings and Misty Elizabeth May Trainer? Volleyball? Yeah, I love watching those two play volleyball. Like, I that might be, I don't, the indoor stuff's not that cool. The guys, I'm not really that into the dudes' volleyball. It just seems like too much of a power game. But the women's volleyball is phenomenal. Like, I like when they get in the rallies, and for some reason, that team is like, they're fun to watch. Did they win the gold yet, or are they playing right now? Or? I think that they're just, they may have just gotten out of group play. Is that right? They might be getting to the, the tomorrow, medal rounds now. I believe it's tomorrow they're playing their fellow American team. For the, the gold? gold? Yeah. Because <laughs> the other American team beat the Brazilians today. It was yeah. some sort of big upset. You know what's hard for me? Is knowing Misty May is married to Matt Trainer. Dodger? Yes. Makes yeah. it very difficult for me to root for her. Especially since after they uh, finally had a warm night and stripped out of their leggings... I could see that giant tramp stamp of Misty Mays. <laughs> it's like, oh, God. She has a tramp stamp? Oh, my God, it's huge. She gives those shout-outs all the time, too. <laughs> like, go Dodgers! Yeah, it's go like, oh, Dodgers. I hate the Dodgers. Yeah. So she has, I, she has a Dodger tramp stamp? No, no, it's yeah. like a giant. It's one of those things that people did um, that they probably shouldn't have done. You know, the tramp stamp in, like, 2001. Access down here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's pretty horrific. Yeah, Jeff had that right. The women will be playing an All-American final. Women's Beach Volleyball, Misty May trainer, Kerry Walsh, playing Jennifer Kessie and April Ross. Upset win over Brazil. Was uh, one of these girls, Jennifer Kessie or April Ross, weren't they supposed to play with Kerry Walsh because Misty May was going to miss this Olympics? I think so. I, yeah, they, and was it Kerry Ross or what's her name? Jennifer Kessie that she ended up having to tell, sorry, one of the two. I think she told, sorry, Missy's going to come back and I'm going to play with her. So. I think because I think but that team was – those two are rookies for the Olympics? I yeah, I think so. That is a rookie team, which is unusual, I think, for the Olympics to get that far. Well, it'll be a good gold medal game because you have, like, the old veterans that have, what, never lost a game. They've only lost, I think, one set. I don't yeah. know if that lost more. 
playing a young up and coming team. That was like the big challenge. Have they lost a have they lost a set this They Olympics? lost one in this Olympics, yeah. Oh, yeah I think right. to the Czech Republic or something. Yeah. Right. It yeah. was the Czech. And then they crushed them in the second and third games. It was uh, old our old buddy Chris Marlow, uh yeah, Marlowe, man. He's doing good. I saw John Hollinger <laughs> on Twitter said he's he, he was waiting for Scott Hastings to chime in complaining about the referees. <laughs> <laughs> Scott Hastings. Uh, how did I not <laughs> see that one coming? Scott oh, Hastings man. just like, in it, in it, in it, in it, in it, in it. That's a, that's a flop. In it, in it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that'll be a good gold medal match for sure. I like that. The yeah. young up-and-comers versus the old cagey veterans. Did you guys see Michael Phelps' girlfriend? Yeah, she's cute, huh? Ooh. Megan Rousey, she's like, a, what, a cocktail waitress slash model? She is something else. She's much cuter than like Michael Phelps. I feel like she Phelps, may or may not sure. be using him. Don't know why. Let's just throw it out there. I mean, the only reason he's got her is because he's Michael Phelps. I mean, yes. Right? Yeah. Good personality, perhaps. Yeah. A lot of gold medals. Some endorsement dollars. Yeah. She's not too shabby. I yeah. mean, Michael Phelps I mean, isn't too shabby himself. But. I mean, look I mean, look, look at those. I mean, they are perfect. They got perfect, like, like they're like men that you look at and you're like, I will never look like that. Yeah. I will never look like that in my entire life. If I even tried 24 hours a day, I will never look like that. But why couldn't Michael Phelps mix in some braces over the last 12 years of his successes? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I question a lot, He's too. Like about Michael Strahan. <laughs> You know, there's a lot of athletes too. Where you see him give an interview, and it's like, don't you make millions of dollars? <laughs> like braces aren't that expensive. No. Hell, I had braces. Yes, <laughs> a lot of people have them. You know, at some point, once you once you get that million dollar contract, yeah, fix your teeth, man. He was like, well, you know, I'm going to end my career in London, and I want the people there to think that I'm one of them. <laughs> one of them. Yes, I could easily be a Brit. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. Hello, Connor. <laughs> man, I have seen some big, like chiclet style teeth on some of those Brits. Ugh, Athletes. They're awesome. It is scary. <laughs> scary Michael stuff. Michael Phelps. Freshen your drink. <laughs> Freshen your tea, Gavinus. <laughs> All right, gents. This is fun, but let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about UFC 150 back in Denver, the Pepsi Center. Nate will just talk. This Saturday. Yo, can we do a quick a quick uh, men's hoops basketball? We didn't mention anything about Melo's famous tweet after the Argentina match. Of course we can. So, obviously, USA destroys Argentina late in the third quarter. Melo shooting a three and gets hit below the belt. I didn't really see it. Did you see it, Jeff? Yes. I haven't seen the video of it. Yes, the, the guy ran by and clearly hit him in the thing. Very, what did he do? Was it an elbow, back of a hand? No, it was his hand. He would, was it the back of the hand? The, the like back the, or the, the slap? Uh, it was a full fist. Or a punch. Oh, it was a punch. It was, it was a, a cock punch. It was a cock it punch. It wasn't a Reggie punch. Evans grab and pull. No, no, no. It wasn't a Reggie Evans. This was a cock punch. Yes. Okay, that hurts. But Melo says after the game, uh, he's quoted as saying, it, definitely, it was definitely a cheap shot. Something like that, I don't play like that. I don't agree with that. Of course, Carmelo Anthony, famous in December of 2006 for slapping Marty Collins in the face and then backpedaling <laughs> 80 feet. Yes. You know what I'd like to say to Melo about this whole interaction? Mm-hmm. Is quit snitching, bitch. <laughs> quit snitching. Quit, quit snitching. snitching. Quit snitching. All right. Why don't you guys settle this on the street? Suck it up. All right. Do you know the funny thing is Melo's been one of the best players on the team in the Olympics, and he thrives in Olympic basketball. He just that's his thing. Except for 2004 when Larry Brown was going. Well, yeah, but when you're having to pay attention to <laughs> LeBron James, to Kobe Bryant, and Carmelo's wide open, the three point line's a lot closer. Of course, mm-hmm. he's going to play better. Mm-hmm. And then he has those quotes where he's like, oh, "I really love the support of my teammates. The way they tell me to shoot <laughs> the ball." And it's like, 
what? That's all he cares about is scoring, you know? And it's, when it's easy for an NBA player to hit wide-open jump shots. Yeah, and it doesn't really seem like maybe the competition in the Olympics is quite as high <laughs> yeah. as it is in the NBA. Is it just me, or does anybody else notice that maybe it's easier for him to play well there? Yeah, and I was talking and maybe with... maybe he's better playing against people and in situations where he doesn't have to really try that hard. And that's what I was saying, too. Like, even in the NBA, he'll have his, like, really big or key performances, you know, against the likes of, like, the Minnesota Timberwolves or these junk teams... And it's also like, well, I hope Melo gets all of his, you know, highlights and successes out of the way now because next season with the Knicks, they're going to be miserable and he's going to be taking heat all season. Isn't uh, against the Timberwolves and that when he scored the thirty-three points in one quarter? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he thrives against. And that was that was following an Olympic year. That was two thousand eight, two thousand nine, where he did that. Yeah, Carmelo Anthony is a clown. He's I just loved and supported by a rigged, corrupt league. That <laughs> Puts him up above everybody else when he hasn't actually earned any of the accolades, and so I just love that. You know, how, how quickly you forget when he's like, "Oh, I don't play like that. I don't take cheap shots." And it's like he took one of the most famous cheap shots in the last probably fifteen years. <laughs> Homie, don't play that. You know, come on, Melo. <laughs> Claim the weed, Melo. Come on, <laughs> it's yours. Everybody Stop. knows yeah, it. Yeah, you know when he when he what did he do? Did that one guy and got year? on the plane had the weed in his backpack? Yeah, yeah. Buddy took the fall for it. Yeah, but who was when did who did he punch in the face? Marty Collins. Marty Collins. He it didn't was, punch. He slapped. So are you saying it was Carmelo Anthony's buddy that punched him in the face? No, it was actually Carmelo. Are you sure? Because I'm not sure. I'll have to review the tapes. It was Milo. He he slapped the guy and backpedaled. Yeah, I think Ross is trying and to get then, a larger uh, point. I think could have been his friend. <laughs> J.R. Smith was involved in that, wasn't he? Yeah, oh, J.R. Smith, Smith and Nate Robinson tackled each other into yeah. the stands. That's right. Carmelo did the. I don't think anybody's looking. Slapped Marty Collins and then proceeded to have one of the fastest backpedals. That so it wasn't Carmelo Anthony's friend. That incident. What should we keep going down this? Talking about this, down this path that you guys. <laughs> This seems seem to be, be on the, board with. This seems to be the only the, the path that only you are going down. I don't know what you're talking about. You lost me, Ross. You need to explain it to us during the break. <laughs> I'll do that after this. Before we go into UFC 150. I'd like to take a moment to talk about the Colorado Rockies. Ugh, Are why? you guys interested in this? Yeah. I wrote a column <laughs> on it. Uh, tell me about that column, because this was very good. Well, and I'd I, like to hear you kind of explain it further. It went as follows. You don't have to recite it word for word. <laughs> if I, if I you did, may try. And time. this is on DenverStiffs.com, by the yeah, way. On DenverStiffs.com, it was comparing, in the nutshell, it was comparing the ownership Stan Kroenke, specifically to the Nuggets, not the other teams he owns, which you can like Arsenal, with, like Arsenal or Avalanche. You know, the Avalanche or you know the, the St. St. Louis, Louis Rams, Rams or anything like that. Um, Stan Kroenke's ownership with the Nuggets to the Monforts taking over from Jerry McMorris in 2001. Basically, it's the same time span from when Kroenke bought the Nuggets to when the Monforts took over to now. I mean, it's it's a coincidental, but that's what it is. And basically how the under Kroenke's leadership, the Nuggets have had the most successful run of basketball they've ever had in their history. And under the Monforts, they, got, they went to the World Series. They went to the playoffs. 
but it's been a steady, steady decline since the playoff experience in 2009, and that was... God bless you. <laughs> I, I felt it coming. It was allergic to the Rockies. <laughs> in 2009, yeah. And, and um, it's, it's just been a steady decline, and it's been because Dick Monfort, essentially the point of the column is Dick Monfort, has no idea about baseball, has no idea. It's Dick Monfort on the phone <laughs> right there. He's, he's complaining. Shoot. I didn't know this was going out live. He is all powerful. Um, <laughs> you can hear a taped podcast. <laughs> Wow. Who says he doesn't have money? Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> Maybe think twice about the words I'm using. And uh, basically, it's just like he had, they don't have the baseball intellect to make any sort of decision. And um, the reason that Dan O'Dowd has not been fired is because they're not smart enough, essentially, to replace him. Like they wouldn't know who to even begin. They wouldn't begin. know who to do it because all their knowledge about baseball is Dan O'Dowd. They inherited that. They've never had to hire a general manager. That's true. It's just been him, and he, that comment he made about Dan O'Dowd being the best um, general manager in baseball was so ridiculous on its face that it's like, this guy clearly doesn't know what he's talking about. You know, a lot of people try to defend the Rockies, too, and they defend it on the site by saying, and emails that you received by saying, well, the Rockies have been to a World Series, the Nuggets haven't even been to an NBA Finals, so mm -hmm. there you go. Mm -hmm. But if you really look back at, like, Rocktober and the season after where they again went to the playoffs, that's such, like, a, what do you call that, aberration? Like, it's so weird. Like, if they would, didn't win, what, 20-some games in a row, like, they clearly don't get in. It took, they had to go to 163 to even get in. Yep. So you saw that unbelievably hot run, but it's just like, I mean, that wasn't, necessarily good baseball it was just kind of like i said it's Fluky. an aberration it was yeah. a fluke it was something that you know yeah it was fun it was great to experience but it wasn't something that you know that they really built towards or something that they even sustained it was just kind of a blip on the map of a pretty lousy baseball team but i don't necessarily agree with that because sure you could make the argument that that was an extraordinary feat for what the rockies did that year but I would make the argument to say, well, that's how championships get won on right. occasion. And it's not like nobody gets on a run and then, uh, you know, it, it, whether it's in football talking about having a mediocre season like the Giants and then making a run through the playoffs or not. It, it, like hockey if your goalie sport, gets real hot. Yeah, in any sport it's about playing right or playing good, but it's also about playing good at the right time. And that was a good team, and they were playing well. And I don't know how else you define a good team other than if they're playing well or not. Now, what's happening with the Rockies currently is I think it's a product of we've lost all the best guys that we had on our team from 2007. Uh, when you look at Matt Holliday, who was, is a bona fide superstar, who has won a World Series since he left the Rockies, when you look at Ubaldo Jimenez, okay, sure, he didn't turn out to be a great superstar, but he certainly had more talent in his you know little he finger was building than up to be one anybody right? on our current pitching staff. And you got guys like Todd Helton, who you know now he's out for the rest of the season, but Todd Helton has been more of a symbolic member of this team for the past three years than he has been an actual member of this team. I mean, he's like Jason Giambi in a way. He you know like. Jason Giambi's great to have on the team because he's a big name and he goes out there and he pinch hits and he is, I don't know, coaching Dexter Fowler or Carlos Gonzalez or whatever. He's mentoring him. But we don't, we don't have any talent on this team. And we don't have enough talent 
And Tulowitzki is one of the biggest busts ever. And I don't know how long we sit around hoping he turns into the superstar we all want him to be, but but our team sucks. They're not good now, but they were good in 2007. So, and you saw, I mean, you saw a lot of crazy performances. Though. Like Josh Fogg kind of came out of nowhere. I think it was was it the next season when De La Rosa really started to shine, or was it the World well, Series? Actually, season? I think I, I believe actually, actually it was 2009 where you know, De La Rosa really, but he. I think he won like nine, ten games in 2008. The 2008 team was kind of yeah. They throws sucked. his they, arm out. Yeah, I mean, we've seen sucked. kind of weird injuries and you know trades and losing guys. It's just been very bizarre. But it also seems like the Rockies, like you pointed out in your column, they don't take advantage of you know these these hot prospects that teams want. They don't ever parlay those into anything until those guys are you know Garrett Atkins washed yeah. up, oh, Ian yeah. Stewart washed up. Yep. It shouldn't be a great feat to make the pro- the playoffs. You know, in baseball, it shouldn't be. I mean, especially since there's a wild card spot. It Is there two now too? It two shouldn't. Yeah. It shouldn't be like a great thing to make the playoffs. It shouldn't. Yeah, you should make the playoffs every year, and maybe compete for you know I don't know whatever compete for uh, an NL pennant if you can, but at the very least be competitive every year. And I, you know, I, I agree with Jeff. Absolutely, you're right. It's this is coming from the ownership. One thing I'd like to ask you guys: so many times you hear about this concept of being a fair weather fan and and uh, being a good fan, and you have to show up, right? It, this comes into effect a lot with the Broncos, right? Where people always talk about, "Oh, you're not showing up to the games. You're a fair weather fan. You know where you where were you when we were, you know, eight and eight and." you know, seven and nine and all this stuff. I was at the games and now we're winning the Super Bowl, you know, in 98, 99 yet. I, you know, so I'm the only one who deserves this glory, right? Because I'm, I'm the best fan in the world. I show up to the scrimmage on a Saturday afternoon when I should be, you know, climbing a 14 or, you know, right. But, but so where, where does that drop off? Because now what we're seeing is this backlash against people who are showing up at Rockies games. Yeah. You know, it's like, why are people still going to these Rockies games? Why are people still contributing to this, franchise when they're doing nothing in return and then there's that i see that a lot i see this 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 oppositional point of view when it comes to being a good fan to where like you're damned if you do it and you're damned if you don't so where do you guys stand on this i mean should you show up to these games when they're horrible and or should you stay home and clearly broncos management versus rockies management is has different motivations but are the rockies fans bad fans because they're showing up or are they diehard fans you know, it's, it's, you've, we've heard from some Nuggets fans that, you know, had these season tickets that were three rows behind midcourt, you know, and then they finally said, screw it, this team sucks, and they got rid of their tickets. I think I even have a good friend whose uh, uncle did that the season before they drafted Carmelo Anthony and had the remarkable turnaround where they've made the playoffs for, you know, nine straight years or whatever. So it's like at some point, too, if you want to support, like if you want the Rockies to get better – by going to the games, you're giving them the money to actually spend on the team to get better. So there's a little bit of an argument, I think, for that. It's like if you don't go, then the team's going to lose money and their excuse is going to be, well, we're losing money, so we don't have the money to spend. But teams like the Rockies where they're getting you know, revenue sharing, where they're still having fans show up, it's like, well, then they don't really have an excuse not to spend on the team. I don't see anything wrong with showing up either. I think that's good because you're saying, yeah, I am showing up to give them money so that they can improve. That's kind of how I see it, but. Well, it's I, I don't begrudge people for going to – because, listen, going to Coors Field is something to do. It is something to do. And it's and, and as long as 
there is a stadium in Lodo, people will go. And it's That's, a nice stadium. Yeah, yeah it's great. It's the cleanest well. stadium, I think, ever. So I, I can't <laughs> sit here and thing. say... It's like Disney World. Yeah, I can't sit here and say, don't go, because be, you could say that to you, you're blue in the face. It won't happen. And they'll still go. You know, they may lose some of the season ticket holders, but uh, it's still going to be the same thing. I'm not going to sit here and lecture people for not going, because it's... You know what? They'll use it as an excuse to cut the payroll even more, and then it'll be it'll be like the Pittsburgh Pirates, where they're making money and not doing anything, mm-hmm. and it's it's just doesn't seem to be effective a way of of protest. It works in football, it works in basketball. I know. Well, I don't know if it works in hockey because I don't know anything about hockey. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> nobody does. They won't even. Even if you tried to know, they wouldn't even let you. <laughs> yes, that's They'd true. They'd be like, "Why don't you like hockey? You're an idiot." And then as soon as you're like, "Well, I, I'll give it a try," they're like, "You don't know anything. You haven't been here from the beginning. Get out of here." <laughs> hockey snobs. <laughs> the biggest, most biggest weirdest, snobbish people. Weirdest ever. fan base. It is so weird. Uh, but you know, it's it's a. I won't. I won't tell people to do that. And and the only way to do it is for the monsters to suddenly see the light. And uh, I also don't blame people for not going, though. I mean, if you're spending, I don't even know what season tickets to the Rockies cost. Like three grand for the year. Is that a fair? Uh, something like I've that. I've looked at this, and you could put, you could spend three grand, but you could spend like nine hundred bucks. Okay, so I mean, tickets. let's say you want something. You know, if your if your thing is to buy season tickets and be able to take your family to games or something, you're like. Wow, my kids like you know going to the playground at Coors Field, and you know they like wandering around and seeing people. But then it's like maybe I should take that money next year, and you know if I am spending a thousand dollars on season tickets, maybe I can fly the family to go see Mount Rushmore or <laughs> yeah. New York, or you know. So I don't I don't begrudge people either for being like you know screw it, I've given you guys my money, you haven't given me what I've wanted. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that either. I mean, it's kind of like anything goes in my book. Whatever you want to do, if you have reasons for it. Yeah, it's the difference between being a fan and a sucker. It's like, do you really want to be the biggest fan in the world? And does that also mean that you are getting conned big time? And by the way, it costs, if you wanted to, you could go take a family of four to the Rockies game for $28 (laughs) without spending any money on food and beer and whatnot. It is the most affordable ticket. Yeah, and they, they, you know, you go spend eight bucks, 10 bucks, and go down to the box office right now, and uh, you could probably get really decent seats for $15 or or whatever it is. Yeah. You know, but then you get in there. They're ridiculous. So, yeah, I, I, I completely understand going to a something, an event cheap, you know. The one thing I see that's going on right now around the Rockies is that everybody is so angry and so frustrated that we don't even know how to, who to blame. Was that even a bad thing, though? Like, they say any publicity is good publicity. People in Colorado are talking constantly about the Rockies right now. Well, you know. They have a yeah. lot of attention on them. You know, when we, you and I went out to Gary Miller's house and interviewed him, and we were talking about how great it must have been to be in Denver during the Tebow thing and, and what it's like covering sports. He said, it's great when they win, when teams are winning, and it's so fun to cover. He said, but then he also said, he said, you know what also is great is when teams are really, really bad. Yeah. And and that's what we're experiencing now is that he goes – he said – I think Gary Miller said the worst thing is when a team is just kind of mediocre. mediocre. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean if you're – this is when you start to see – 
you know, the most, if you're, if you're a blog writer, this is when you see the most comments of people wanting to fix the team. If you're in sports radio, that's when you get the most calls for, you know, either gather your pitchforks or, you know, maybe they should do this. That's when people really start to become GMs is when their teams are really bad and here's how they should fix it. So you mm-hmm. get more talk. It feels like mm-hmm. for sure. And I am seeing that you talk about bloggers. I look, I, I, I have seen, and I'm sure everybody here has seen the, the, uh, reaction to what's going on with the Rockies. I mean, we're like, I've seen blog articles that are, uh, tearing apart Tracy Ringlesby, you know, yeah. the lovable cowboy, oh, you yeah. know, from the, you know, from the broadcasts that they're on the Rockies, uh, you know, on root sports or, or Fox sports or whatever it's called. Yeah. He and Brendan Spano had some sort of dust. Y- yes. Her, yes. And, and that's yeah. like, really, we're picking on Tracy Ringlesby now? <laughs> and it's like there's nobody else left to yell at, so now we're yelling at Tracy Ringlesby? Like employees that are talking about yeah, the game? Yeah, you know? it's like, like who, there's no question that Tracy Ringlesby works for the Rockies. Yeah. You know, when you listen to Dave Logan broadcast the Broncos play-by-play, he's not uh, an employee of KOA at that point. He's an employee of the Denver Broncos. It's yeah, the Scott Denver Hastings, Broncos Chris Marlowe. Radio Network. And so now we're like even ridiculing Tracy Ringlesby. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, whoa, whoa, let's just all calm down a little bit here. Let's, you know, yeah, yeah th- th- things are bad, but they always get darker before the dawn. As I would like to quote, it's always darkest. Before uh, the dawn. Is that Batman? Yeah, Two Face. <laughs> Uh, Harvey Dent. Yeah, Harvey Dent. <laughs> always darkest before the dawn. <laughs> it's all yeah. It's always darkest before the dawn. So uh, you know, even last night, uh, I think Jim Tracy uh, is trying to get out of there, doing whatever he can not to sit on that bench anymore. <laughs> as we saw, by the way, that uh, play last night against the the Dodgers, the Dodgers. Go Dodgers! Oh my God, I cannot stand the Dodgers. I cannot stand uh-huh. Dodger fans. You go to that Coors Field and you sit next to a Dodgers fan. They are the most Absolutely disgusting, filthy vermin that I've ever seen. Didn't you say that about uh, Pittsburgh, Chargers fans? Pittsburgh fans? Oh, Pittsburgh. God. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Pittsburgh Steelers fans? Yeah. Oh, true. my God. They're disgusting, too. Yeah. Just uneducated, disgusting, filthy, smelly vermin. And and Jets fans. The Jays! The Jays! <laughs> anyway, last night, Dexter Fowler makes a catch. Great catch. Center field. Uh, they called it an out. Inning was over. Then the umpires get together and do their little annoying thing where they're like, well, I don't know. And then they called him, uh, called it a, a trap. Tr- Jim Tracy lost his mind. <laughs> and this would be n- not newsworthy at all, except for then when I'm surfing the internet, as I do, I get on to deadspin.com. Oh, yeah. They had it immediately. And they had a, uh, a feed or a, a video of Vin Scully. Who is the play-by-play for the Dodgers? He's been doing that for past 114 years. Oh, yeah, at least 114 years. Vince Scully is a treasure. I wish we had a guy like him there. It's too bad that he has to work in that scum pot out there in California. Scum pot. But uh, yeah, it's a pot <laughs> full of scum. <laughs> but Vince Scully narrating, reading the lips of Jim Tracy was some of the funniest stuff I've <laughs> ever hysterical. seen in my life. Did you see that, Nate? No, I totally oh. missed it. Oh, it is so good. You can, I mean, Jim Tracy is, you know, he's a fit guy. He's got veins, you know, just yeah. from muscles, right? But his veins on his neck and forehead, they looked like they were going to burst. <laughs> and I can understand why he's upset, but, it, you know, I also realize, eh, you know what, you're like 38 wins, <laughs> and it's 
the second week of August or first week of August. It's like, <laughs> what do you have that much to be upset about? Yeah. And he's out there, and I can tell right away he just wants to get off that bench <laughs> and maybe not have to talk to the reporters yeah. after the game because I hear all those post-game reports. That must be the most brutal exercise ever, being Jim Tracy talking to the reporters after every single game. Well, he game. sounds like he wants to end his life every, every, after every post-game. Yeah, game. yeah. and I think uh, back I to when he took him. over for Clint Hurdle. And he was like, oh, he's the, he changed the team around, right? <laughs> like, I could, you know, like, Clint Hurdle has the worst record ever. They fire him. Jim Tracy comes in, and they win, like, 75 games in a row. That was insane. I mean, yeah. even he had to be like, I don't know if I want to be a part of this yeah, because this is this. clearly a, 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 an aberration, as you have used, used that word before. Yeah. But uh, seeing Jim Tracy lose his mind and Vince Scully – trying to clean up the words. I think he used the word frizzle frazzle a few times. <laughs> Something like that. I don't know. <laughs> but it was – I would recommend anybody look this up. Uh, and it's, 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 it's amazing because it's Vin Scully, first of all, who's a legend. Yes. And, and, se- and second of all, it's just hysterical the way he's cleaning up his language. You probably hear some words that haven't been spoken since Vin's time in a speakeasy. <laughs> That's right. So – yeah, UFC. Yes. His time with those flapper girls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wish Benjamin Hockman was here right now to do like a fake 1920s reporter accent. Perfect. What are you doing, Hassy? <laughs> huh? Tim, let's talk about UFC 150. The only reason I brought up UFC 150, Ross, because it's, it's, at the Pepsi it's at the Pepsi Center on Saturday. But more importantly, I have tickets for Friday night to see my boy Joe Rogan do some stand-up comedy. At uh, the Comedy Works? At the Paramount Theater. Oh, the, oh he's doing theaters yeah, the now. Paranoia. Yeah, the he did that last year as well because uh, there's a little bit of a, a hiccup between Joey Coco Diaz and the owner of the Comedy Works. He's not allowed to actually perform there. I would probably not. Perf- I wouldn't let Joey Coco Coco Diaz in my place. <laughs> yeah, well, he lived here, you know, of course, in the 80s or whatever and worked at Comedy Works or did uh, performances there and was uh, accused of sexual harassment and not allowed back. Joey again. Coco Diaz was arrested in Boulder for kidnapping. Yes. <laughs> Larceny, uh, drug felony, assault, selling. burglary. Right, yeah. <laughs> so maybe that's why he's, he's got not a, allowed in the He's got an interesting works. life. So, yeah, they're doing it at the Paramount Theater, but he's got you know himself, Joey Diaz, and Brandon Walsh, who's very funny if you guys know anything about him. Oh, I know he's about him. got a heavy beard, some gray in it. Wow. It's good. But, uh, so tell us, tell us about UFC, Nate. That's the main reason that I brought it up because I'm excited to go to that comedy show. Um, and the, also, the other two cool things, Benson Henderson defending his 155-pound title in a rematch against Frankie Edgar. Cool thing about Benson Henderson, he's 15-2, and two and he's hails from Colorado Springs, Colorado. Oh, nice. So we have a UFC champ from Colorado, going to be there, going to be fighting. And we also have on the undercard uh, Jake Shields, 185-pound fight against Ed Shortfuse Herman. Ed Herman, originally from Washington, but he actually has a gym in Fort Collins. Um, and that's where he spends his time. So two local Colorado guys are going to be in UFC 150. By the way, Ed Herman, not related to Herm Edwards because that's not how names work. That is very true, Ross. Good so point. Good on you. Everybody knows that. The old switcheroo there. <laughs> not going to happen. I don't, I don't know if it would ever work that way. No, no. Usually the, yeah, it's the last names that are shared by people who are related to each other. Uh, yeah. I then. You know, I'm glad I came in to do this podcast because otherwise I would not have known that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the UFC is always kind of cool when it comes to thing. 
When the UFC comes to Colorado, it's always kind of a cool thing because the first UFC uh, card was held in Denver. Uh, they did UFC 135 was here where, you know, John Jones successfully defended his title, I believe, for the first time against Quentin That's Rampage right. Jackson. That's right. Isn't like Denver like this big, uh, like, birthplace? Not really birthplace, but I mean, it's like where it became. Yeah, it's where the UFC started. You know, yeah. they had their first big show here, and then it's really spawned. I mean, there's there's gyms all over Colorado now for, you know, if you want to specifically train for MMA, like getting different styles They're all over the place. There's a lot of talent in Colorado, too. A lot of guys that come out of here um, hosting the new season of The Ultimate Fighter. Shane Carwin's going to be on there. Of course, he's from, from Greeley. Really? Huh? Yeah. So a lot of Colorado connections, man. It's pretty could, sweet. Could you ever do that sort of thing? Uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I I couldn't do it for obvious reasons. I could. But, I know for like for like jujitsu and stuff like that. Like I'm not flexible, so I'd have to go see like a specialist and like really get myself stretched out for about a year before I could even train to do that stuff. I have no wrestling background. I've only been punched in the face a handful of times. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, only a handful yeah. of times. Oh, only a handful yeah, of times. No pun intended. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, uh, of the of the people in this room, obviously Nate would be the you know obviously the. The person that would be, if they said which one of these three is a UFC fighter, obviously they would look to Nate first. You know? I could see Ross strangling people I'm, I'm with his massive sure, hands. I'm not sure I agree. I feel like I could. Yeah, Ross could mix it up. At the very least, yeah. I could just sit on somebody. Yeah, there you go, man. <laughs> look kind of like uh, yeah, Tim Sylvia, if you remember him. Yeah, no. Okay. Yeah, no. Oh, you can Google him at some it's point. It's hard to remember laugh. somebody I've never heard of before. <laughs> Former uh, UFC. Heavyweight champ, Tim Sylvia. Well, he sounds dangerous and tough. He was. He was, unless you punched him in the face, and he went down like a sack of bricks. Glass jaw. But I wonder if we'll get uh, Gillerup to uh, listen to this podcast and scream into the computer because we are... We get who? Oh, he's one of the... I'm sorry, the uh, one of the commenters on Denver Stiffs who is a big, big uh, UFC fan. Well, yeah. those, those guys on Denver Stiffs, they, they don't know how to work. Podcasts. <laughs> Love you. I, I had to write a five paragraph essay today explaining how to <laughs> listen to this podcast. And I could say this and I could talk about these idiots on your site because they'll never hear it because they don't know how to listen to it. <laughs> we'll be up. We'll be up. Let's see. We'll be up tomorrow. We'll check it out. But yeah, that main fight's going to be sweet, man. Benson Henderson, Frankie Edgar. The first fight was like very close. Benson had a sweet up kick from his back delivered to. Frankie's face. So that was a decision fight, their first one. A lot of people thought it was very controversial, but Benson got the nod. So this is a much-anticipated rematch where Frankie Edgar typically takes a uh, major blow to the face at some point during a fight, uh, stumbles around, almost looks like he's knocked out, and then inevitably comes back to usually knock out his opponent. So Is this going to be, be uh, on um, This is on a pay-per-view oh, event. Oh, it is a pay-per-view event. Yeah. Benson. Benson. Which is kind of funny. Isn't that Robert Guillaume? You know that uh, old 80s television show, Benson, where he's a black butler? I don't know. <laughs> dated, I don't know dated reference. <laughs> please don't, don't, please don't think Jeff, I'm Jeff 57 years old. I'm only 34. I mean, I actually, I should have said, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that is Guillaume. <laughs> said, okay. Yeah, he, uh, yeah, it was him and have, uh, Evan Fournier who were, uh, <laughs> no. old Mr. Frenchy. No, I've clearly embarrassed myself. So <laughs> I will just shut up now. Well, now that we're done talking about sports, can we talk about the Mars rover curiosity, please? I'm curious to know what you think. I think it's the greatest thing uh, human 
mankind has ever done. Is this this thing that's testing things on the surface of Mars? This is this is a, 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 a robot. It kind of looks like an RC car. It's about you know six feet long and four feet wide, and they flew this thing over a period of eight months and landed it successfully on the surface of the planet Mars. The red planet. And this is a, a triumph of hum, humanity. So what is this thing doing now? Just collecting all sorts it's of different various data? It's going to look around. It's going to take pictures. It's going to drill into the, the surface of the planet and try and determine if there's ever any evidence of any life forms that have ever been on this planet. This is Haven't they determined that water has already been on Mars? They have determined that, yeah. Uh, they think so based on pictures taken of the surface and, and what appear to be traces of earth or traces of water flow and, and glacier flows. And, and it is – I always hear in the news all the time about how horrible everything is, yet humans are doing something so magnificent as in sending this thing to Mars – that's pretty incredible. That I, it's like, why isn't this the biggest news in the world? If this got half the coverage of the shooting in Aurora, I think that it wouldn't be getting enough. Well, haven't we landed stuff on Mars before? We've like done this? this. This is the third one, I think, or maybe. So, the what's fourth? different about yeah. this one than the others? Because it's gonna, it has more this capabilities. This is yeah, more capability. It's supposed to have a better camera, even though the first pictures they sent out have either been black or white or dirty. Did they duct tape an iPad to this thing? <laughs> yes. Yeah, they put. They <laughs> it's actually, all duct tape. They put. They put scotch tape over the <laughs> lens. Um, and it's. I'm fascinated by it. You know, my my dad says, "Well, we could be spending money on something else," but you know, it's. That's the way my dad thinks. That's right. what a lot of people are saying. They're like, let's not spend you know three billion dollars on this, right? <laughs> yeah, let's spend what? Spend it on what? What are we going to spend it on that doesn't retreat, you know have such tangible results? And on top of that, we wouldn't have these cell phones in our pocket without the first three trips to Mars we did. So that's true. You know all of the the side effects, all the all the tangential technologies that are generated from this three billion dollars, this investment that we put generates. Uh, entire economies and industries and the way we all listen to podcasts and the way we all look at uh, the way we all watch the, you know just check out our blogs every day you know check out denverstiffs.com on our smartphones yeah. it all comes from this type of technology and this type of uh, uh, this research and this exploration and it's like this should be the number one story in the world Trumping mm-hmm. all Olympics all sports is except anything, for the Broncos obviously is there Broncos anything to this though coach. like let's say they discover that there perhaps, I guess, was life or they think something. Does that really answer? Does that really, what does that do for us? It, the, the, it's already, the mission has been accomplished already just by being able to land it there. Just by that technology of getting it there with that crazy parachute and the freaking uh, sky crane or whatever that thing is, like a, like a jet propulsion, jet-propelled crane that softly lands this thing on a planet that's millions of miles away, yeah, that's pretty that sweet. alone, that technology alone is, is makes it worth it. Even if it crashed into the side of Mars, you know, and, and the, you know, we don't get any pictures or any soil samples or anything back, it's a comp, the mission is accomplished. But now it's like such a, such a great feeling. This may sound really stupid, and you guys can tell me if it is. Is there any way we could ever send a person to Mars? Or is that like such well, a risky thing that they could? Well, I think, they will. I think they will. doing this sort of thing... To, to see if it's possible, it's feasible to do something like that. You know, it is 
right now, uh, how long did it take to get there? When did they launch? Uh, like eight and a half months. Eight and a half months. So so you'd have to be, yeah, I don't know if you could sustain life on a shuttle for eight months. Yeah, well, it would. it, it is... It, it, but as long as they bring back some Soylent Green, I don't care. <laughs> it's made of people, though, Jeff. <laughs> all I'm saying is there's a lot to be negative about with all the news we hear. No, I, I, I'm this fascinated. This is an absolute it. triumph I, of human humanity and human intelligence, and I'm, I'm fascinated. Should be celebrated. It's 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 just you know it's it's something. It represents looking beyond, and that's that's what's cool about it. You know, it's not. The usual BS that we put up with every single day. It's something new. It's something unique. It's 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 that fascinating to look at. And you know, um, did you guys watch the movie? Was it Apollo thirteen? No, not thirteen. The Tom Hanks, Gary Sinise. <laughs> it's about the scary one that came yeah, out, where it's like one, yeah. they land and something's. Yeah, and it's. Like I haven't seen that. It looks good though. Rock. Well, anyway. I won't spoil it for you. <laughs> Guess there's rock people out there. No, What's the name of the movie? It is not right. Apollo 18. Yeah, something oh. weird like that. And um, it's it's kind of like, you know. Thank God we made it to movie talk finally. Yeah. It's been no, a couple right. weeks. <laughs> I got some, too, after he's done. I got some stuff. Did you watch those movies we recommended for you? Uh, I saw Let the Right One In. Ooh, oh, what'd you think? <laughs> it was freaking crazy, man. It was weird. <laughs> I was kind of scared of the little girl. That was kind of terrifying. Well, you should be. Yeah. <laughs> She's a scary good little girl. I love girl. that movie. I, it's, it's not your typical horror film. No, it's not really a horror film, I don't think. You know, they like the part with the cats. With the, you know, the lady. Yeah, that was weird, watching her get attacked by all those cats. I love the part where that kid finally had enough of the bully and then just went upside his head with, uh, what do you have, a hockey stick or something? Hockey stick. Well, yeah. You no, know, I like the end. I love the ending. The ending of that movie is one of the favorite, my favorite endings of all time. This was the Swedish film. Yeah. yeah. Man, I watched this. I don't remember anything about cats or hockey sticks. <laughs> <laughs> are you, are you sure? Stop blacking out before every movie. <laughs> yeah, I you watch. need to stop are doing you that. Sure? So, you haven't seen Troll Hunter yet? No, I haven't. I haven't been on Netflix for a while because um, my buddy gave me his HBO Go information. Ah. So, I've been uh, on two big season runs. I watched, uh, I watched a little Veep, watched a little Eastbound and Down, but then I watched The Newsroom. Oh, yeah, you had that uh, off OT about that uh, yeah. yesterday. Well, what, what do you think off of that? Off topic something for those people who I'm sorry. Yeah, read the logs. Parenthetical off Thank topic. You. Thank you. But I watched, I watched the I – like I'm caught up on the first seven episodes of The Newsroom, and I also watched the first season of Girls on HBO. Very interesting show. Girls. That's a weird one. But Newsroom is fantastic. I think it's like – it's, it, it's got Sam Waterston in it. Yeah, and it's weird. Oh, like, from Law and Order? Yeah, yeah and he drinks bum, and cusses bum, bum, and stuff. Bum, bum, it's, bum. it's bizarre to see him in that yeah. role. And then there's this, like, running joke bam, on that bam, show. Bam, 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 bam. <laughs> there's, uh, there's also a big running joke on that show of, like, punching people in the face. It's fantastic. Like, every different person has this outburst at some point where they're like, I'm going to punch you in the face. Is it a comedy? Standing. Spoiler No, alert. it's a total on, spoiling it. It's a total drama. I mean, there's definitely a lot of funny stuff because it's very well-written. Um, but it's, you know, from my time working at like a TV station and stuff, I think you can actually, you can benefit from seeing a lot of the stuff. Obviously there's a lot of made for TV things or whatever, but there's, you do get to see a lot of the business side of television and it's, it's very interesting. I think it's, it's very well written. You don't see too much dumb and dumber out of Jeff Daniels, which is good. This is Harry Stamper or whatever, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. But it's, it's, I don't know, man. It's one of my probably favorite shows I've ever watched. Well. Well, I haven't been. I haven't been. I have. Well, I don't have HBO, so I haven't watched it. But 
I should uh, invest some time in that because I heard Eastbound Down's good. So yeah, and it's it's kind of a I mean the the whole thing with newsroom too is it's, it probably takes you know a ton of flack for being this you know democratic show or something and this slant against oh. they they bash That's like Fox me, News but... a lot and Rush Limbaugh and all this stuff. So it's like regular news. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of weird, you know. And then the whole point is. You know, the main character, Jeff Daniels, is a registered Republican, but he's, like, howling against the Tea Party because they're ruining his party, so he says, and all that. So it's it's got that whole political slant to it. Oh, I don't really like that too much because I'm like, whatever, everybody's corrupt. But I love the, the journalism aspect of the TV Aaron, game. Is that Aaron Sorkin? Yeah, it's Aaron Sorkin. Yeah. So. That seems like a very Aaron Sorkin kind of thing, though, with that vibe. With that. Is it a lot of, like, a witty repartee, like, quick Yeah, it's like, yeah, like I mean, you're like... Yeah. yeah, I mean, when he's on air saying stuff, it's like okay, I understand because he you know has a team writing stuff for him and you know blah blah blah. But then when it's like yeah, when they're having conversations in between themselves, it's mm-hmm. like wow, this is like the most perfect conversation ever because the <laughs> team of writers writing it. You yeah. know? Well, it's, it's kind it, of like my life always in every conversation I have until I come into here, the studio, and then it's like oh, <laughs> everything loses it. <laughs> It is like that, yeah. That's keep, what it reminded you me. Guys can't keep up with me. It's so like, this is like real life Ross, is what I'm watching. <laughs> Aaron Sorkin did uh, West Wing, and he also did uh, Sports Night. Remember yeah, Sports Night? I remember Sports Night. That was a good show. I thought that should have got a little more run. Yeah, yeah. why? Well, that was uh, ahead of its time. That show. It yeah. was. It was great. I don't know what happened to that show. It was, it was actually humorous. Deep Cable. Was just I mean, deep if you cable, know anything you know. about the yeah. what happened with ESPN. And the formation and all the, especially when it got big in the '90s with Olbermann and Patrick. Yeah, those are the books Center. I want to read. Is the ESPN? Ones. Those are those are fascinating books. Specifically, you know how what a, you know, how they became this out of control corporate entity. You know, you know ESPN just became this monolith, and still are. And it's yeah, and it's and it's it's unbelievable how they direct things. You know, and it's like it, it, it informs everything you know about what the way you think about sports and how it's disseminated and all that stuff. ESPN has infected everything. It's really so answer. it's so true. It's funny. I uh, recently got onto my Netflix account and realized that all the thirty for thirty documentaries are now available. All of them are on there. Which is like. I, I think, I don't know, I saw five or six of them. Okay. I w- I've watched three now, and it's one of those situations where I've been waiting to see these things because it's not like they've been available anywhere, and now it's like, oh, I watched the one, that one 30 for 30, you guys want to talk about it? And it's like, no, dude, that was like two years ago. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like uh, that stand-up comedian uh, Jim Gaffigan when he was like, you know, talking about, have you guys seen Heat? You know, like four years after the movie came out. Oh, like, I'm man. like, yeah, you want to talk about Len Bias, that documentary? It was really good. People are like, yeah, no, yeah, no, I talk about I that. don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just enjoying it by myself. By the way, the uh, one uh, that was uh, about uh, O.J. Simpson was June 17th, 1994. Yeah. I think was that, uh, what a fantastic I Fantastic never, documentary. I will never forget where I was because I believe that was during the finals between the New York Knicks and the yes. Houston Rockets. And I had just got back oh, from watching yeah. Naked Gun 33 and a third. And in OJ the theater? In the theater. And that was in the theater during that? Yeah. I, why o- did, how did that not come up in that o- documentary? OJ Simpson was in it. Oh, yeah. How did that not come yeah. up? Yeah. And it is this 
You thought of the dollar theaters. It's the Elvis like, theaters. I was, I was 16 years old. It was this convergence of events that was so bizarre. That entire day, that entire day, I remember watching Bob Palmer. How old are you right now? Doing this. I'm, I'm 34. Okay. So I was only 12 at that point. That's why I don't remember it as well. Sorry. Well, you just got to, wait, the, wait. You got to the 30 club oh. with me and Ross. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it's a, this convergence of bizarre events that happened on the same day. I remember I was, it, would st- I would, it will stick in my mind. I was at my dad's place. I was watching television, watching Bob Palmer break in in the middle of these of the finals game. And then you see this very slow chase. In the white bronze. You know who I am, goddammit. <laughs> Is that what AC Cowling said? <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. This is AC. Al, Ka- Al Cowling. You know who I am, goddammit. Like AC Green? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. sure. well, I, I remember watching that game, and I, I, I remember them cutting in and, and showing this and just being completely uninterested in what was going on with O.J. Simpson. Literally, just so I could sit there and watch the Knicks and the Rockets play a game where the, my only interest was just sitting there talking to my friend on the phone being just being like this is worthless without Michael Jordan. Oh, I Michael love Jordan, those Rockets teams. Ma- Michael Jordan ruined my life when he <laughs> is when that... he retired and that was that gap between the, those, that was the reason why the Houston Rockets won to that world was, championships. That was Kenny Smith, Kimo Ajwan, Clyde Drexler, Robert Ory. Vernon Maxwell, Vernon Maxwell, Sam Cassell. And Sam Cassell. Sam. Yeah. Wait, it wasn't Clyde Drexler. Oh, was the, next the next year was Clyde Drexler. Oh, it was the next year it was Clyde, Clyde Drexler. Drexler was Wait, Clyde Drexler was only on one of those teams? Only yeah, only on one. The next year. And it, it, Drexler was my favorite. Mario Eli? One of my favorite players, huh? Mario Eli? Mario Eli, oh, yeah. Carl Herrera? Carl Herrera. Oh, one of those Knicks teams they had. They, they had Anthony Mason, uh, Ewing, Camby. No, Camby wasn't on there yet. Was John Starks oh, he went, on that when, team? When did he go? The next Ca- year? Cambi came Cambi in. Was like oh, that was like 99, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. my bad. That was after the strike season. Yeah. yeah. And, this um, was 94, 95. Right? Yeah. So it was Ewing. It was Anthony Mason, the thug. The, well, that entire team was a team of thugs. I remember those series they would have with the Bulls where it was just they were elbowing, you know, on top of uh, Scottie Pippen's head, you know, and it was just it was it was insane. It was great to watch them. And those th- those, those teams didn't hold a candle to the thuggets. No, no, well, <laughs> the, 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 none of those guys murdered anybody. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Allegedly, uh, the the but that that whole Eastern Conference playoffs that was when the Reggie Miller versus the Knicks. Yeah, um, I believe '95 uh, playoff series, and then it's just—I mean, those uh, Eastern Conference playoffs back then were just knocked down, drag out, intense, you know, stuff. And the, in the Western Conference, you know, we just had the the, the, the Seahawks, the Seahawks, the, 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 the <laughs> sorry, Dave City. Craig and Seahawks. <laughs> sorry, sorry, City of Seattle, I love you. Um, I got the Sonics um, at the Sonics versus uh, what was it the. The Suns in '93 was fantastic. I mean, just had great playoff series. And jazz were good back then. The jazz Rockets, were good. and you know, and people really disparage on '90s basketball. It didn't get unwatchable till the end of the '90s. Oh, that was the best time. You yeah, know, the early, early '90s, 90s. Were f- like basically like what '80, probably '88, '89 until mm-hmm. like '97, '97. Yeah, yeah. when Jordan just, uh, retired. You know, the second time. <laughs> and, yeah. but by and that's that point, when it all went downhill. I was in 98s when, the, when Riley had gone to the Nick, to the Heat, and 
It's when you had those brawls between the knee. I mean, like Alonzo Mourning leaves the Hornets and goes to Miami or got traded. I don't even remember how he got there, got but it was like, it was like, man, no, what, what is Charlotte doing? Well, yeah, didn't he have like a liver problem? Later, yeah. Later, yeah. But he was like one of the best players in the league. Yeah. By the way, how years. come steroids never came up in that conversation? I don't know because he was a Mourning. man. He was a he, <laughs> he was, was a the first <laughs> first specimen to ever look like that in the NBA. Yes, he was. Uh, he really was like the first guy to look like that. Like looked like yeah. Shannon Sharp. Yeah, um, he really then, did. And then he goes away with you know he had to have like a liver transplant or something. Well, and then he comes back, but kidney. F- I was his was kidneys. kidneys. His kidneys. Yeah. yeah. But it's interesting, you know. You look at the three of us. You're talking about there's people listening in. The '90s was kind of our time here, man. I mean, maybe, maybe uh, Nate was a little younger, but I mean, it's still. I mean, you would consider that this this the '90s was kind of like that kind of time, and being for me at least in basketball. Unfortunately, because the Nuggets were just atrocious that entire decade. Yes, hey. one year, one yeah. year they were good, except for one year, two years, '94, yeah, two years, two years. Lafonso, oh, what is this? What Lafonso is this on the wall? Oh, Lafonso Ellis. Lafonso Ellis. This wasn't here last time you were here, was it, Jeff? No, it wasn't. It's autographed, Jeff. On, right on the zero there, if you can't see it. That's amazing. That is amazing. Lafonso Ellis. I, I mean, Lafonso Ellis, I met him. He's one of the nicest people I'd ever met. Mm. One of the nicest basketball players I'd ever met. He's, the curse of the Nuggets, the injuries to the power forwards. Power forwards. Yeah, Calvin Natt. Um, McDice. McDice. Lafonso. Lafonso. Kenyon Martin. Kmart. Yep. It's just power forward after power forward, having knee trouble. Mm-hmm. Knees. And Lafonso Ellis was supposed to be one of the best players. He was, man. Every he was a, one of the top like baseline jumpers, little spin moves. And oh, he had a great mid-range game. Great. Fantastic. Game. I mean, that guy was automatic. Yeah. And he was, it was the perfect kind of game you'd want for a power forward, too. He just had that great mid-game that it was just you couldn't replace it. Then you and see McDice come in, and he was like, you know, and Ellis goes down with his knees, and then you get McDice eventually, and it's like, wow, he's just as good as Lafonso, but like a hundred times more athletic. More it's athletic. like, this is insane. Bigger. Yeah. Bigger. I mean, oh. uh, yeah, uh, the McDice is 6'10". I remember watching McDice it, at Alabama during the tournament, or maybe just before the tournament, and I was just like, wow, if the Nuggets could get that dude, he'd be amazing. Oh, and they, they got him, and then he left, like, what was it, a year later? He, he, was, he, was, he had either his rookie year or two years. Then they traded him, and then they got him back. And the get him back story was like one of the best ever of the, oh, well, the snow at uh, McNichols and Dan Issel locking the, the Suns players out so they couldn't go talk to him and <laughs> getting him to sign his contract under duress, you know? That's amazing. Dice like regretted it like the next day. He's like, oh, I should have signed with Phoenix. <laughs> Dan Issel was like, listen to me, Antonio McDice, you Irish piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Irish pieces. Oh. And he's like, I'm not Irish. He's like, oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just a racist. He was, he was, he was, he was black Irish. But it's... Man. Uh, anyway. Wasn't that a funny uh, downfall of Dan Issel? You know what? I did, that was just, just kept like going Nichols Arena is on Federal Boulevard, bro. Yeah, but that wasn't <laughs> even like that was that wasn't even center. the worst. No, though, that know? was McNichols. Pepsi, no, that was the Pepsi. Center. It was not. It was the Pepsi Center. It was two thousand one. It was the Pepsi Center. Yeah, it when, was? He, when he came back. Yep. All right, McNichols Arena was on Federal. <laughs> McNichols Arena was the biggest <laughs> dump I have ever seen a basketball game. I, I loved watching basketball games there. It was loud, loud. That was the loudest arena in the NBA. Um, but it was just a dump. I remember sitting two rows from the top. 
um, watching the Nuggets play the Minnesota Timberwolves in 1988. It was when the Timberwolves had that Bill Musselman offense where they would just pass the ball for all 24 seconds of the clock and then shoot. It was the Princeton offense. but it Bill was, Musselman or Eric Musselman? It was Bill, Bill? Musselman, okay. his dad. And he was the first coach of the uh, first coach of the Timberwolves. And I remember <laughs> going there, but it, I, my vivid rem- memory of it. The Timberwolves existed in 1988? That was their first year. expansion year, Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> and I remember while going there with my dad, I got a Nuggets basketball, which I still have, uh, blue and yellow basketball. And <laughs> I remember it smelled like piss. The ball or the stadium? <laughs> Both, Nate. <laughs> I think the interns probably <laughs> wanted to get a little revenge on the fans. That night. Uh, those idiots. <laughs> the ball or the stadium? I don't know why I sound like Krusty. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So anyway. Man, I didn't good. think it was that bad, McNichols. Yeah, I was, I was so young. I that always remember it being kind of cool, but that's where all the drunks were. That was always the old oh stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The By the way, so two rows from the top, the Pepsi Center smells like piss too. Just I'm so sure. You know. <laughs> I mean, I haven't it's been it's there. Little, I'm rich, but yeah, I, I don't have too many. Like, you know, everybody always says you'll remember where you were on this day. I have like, I, I probably have more, but I have two that I remember right now. One is September 11th, yeah. being at my girlfriend's house that morning, waking up, getting ready to go to school, and then seeing her roommate on the couch, like, crying and being like, what the heck's going on? And then another one is, you know, way less serious than that, being at the Nuggets-Bulls game where the Nuggets beat that 72-10 and 10 Bulls team and just watching, oh, yeah. like, Mahmoud just bury threes. Yeah, when Jordan took the night off. <laughs> he played? No, I don't think he played that night. Oh, yeah. No, yeah I think I was, was at that there. game. Oh, he was there. Yeah, he, he was. was there. Yes. Yeah, MJ. That's the only reason it. anybody went. Remember watching? No, uh, we all went. I was at that game, and we went to see Jordan. And I don't think he played. No, he was there. I remember. I Phil think he Jackson. was there, but I don't that think was he... back when Phil Jackson still had hair. I'll check it out. I'll uh, box score it right now. We'll see. Yeah, look it up. Look, box score that. While he's doing that, let me talk about my my thing here. Hey, I'll do that. Speak. Speak. Um, about about three weeks ago, I think I was uh, given permission to put some videos in one of my uh, uh, columns. Uh, from these guys I really like. It's called FND, FND Films. It's Funk, Franck, excuse me, sorry, Franck, Aaron Franck, and Vinny Degatano, and Cooper Johnson. And these are these three guys who um, have their own uh, kind of a, f- basically call them, their own film. Like a little sketch. like independent production. Yes, yeah, independent production. Company. This is F and D. F A N D. F N D. F N D. Yeah. F is in Fred, N is in Nancy, D is in Door. Yeah. Oh, and F and D films. But these are popular now, right? I mean, yeah. these guys making YouTube videos and then using those to launch themselves into all sorts of different. They avenues. have one video that has twenty-one million views on it. Twenty-one million. Yes, it's called annoying, and actually, it's. Not their be- not the best video they have. The best video, their best work is some of the more... I mean, they have one today that's really, really funny. And it's just, it's kind of random stuff. Um, um, so are these guys, is this... Because uh, I haven't seen it, but, uh, you know, I know like, uh, you know, Workaholics on Comedy Central, right? Yeah. That show, you know, they're in their third season on Comedy Central, but they started out as a YouTube, basically comedy uh, sketch mm-hmm. uh Self-published, self-produced shows. This that this and then they were contacted yeah. by Comedy Central, right? To, yeah, uh, I believe so. Yeah, yeah. I, these guys. It's, it's kind of like similar. Only these guys. I, I I think. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, they're better. And these guys have. Well, they were gracious enough to let me 
use their videos in in my column. I, I will appreciate that for a long time. And they are making a film, um, and they were. And the reason I kind of got on this, you know, trying to get them more promotion here is because they were doing this. Um, they put out this video that they're going to do this film, and they're trying to raise money for it. And I'm like, Do you call these like, are these called Kickstarter campaigns? Yeah, it's 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 uh, it's on Indiegogo. It's uh, it's a place that's it's kind of like Kickstarter. I've seen a lot of bands that do that, right? To try yeah. to get to go on a like a nationwide tour and yeah, they they will film fund it crews that, that want to yeah, yeah they they'll get people to... to donate and stuff like that. The problem is on these sites, you know, it's it's you're going through a hoster, so they're obviously going to take a uh, take a percentage. But it occurred to me when I was watching it, I'm like, you know, these guys should be like having people throw money at them because that's well first of all if you're going to have one video that has 20 million views you're doing something right that's incredible and i love hearing about any story about people that are trying to be creative trying to do their own thing there's so much uh you know kind of like just like when the nature say say you're trying to get a job right you you know you have to be at the mercy of a company that wants to hire you so there's like a separate part of certain people that want to say you know what i'm just going to go out and create things i'm going to do this for free uh, i'm not going to get paid to do put in this work but then eventually later if if i'm good enough at it then maybe i can make a living at it or, or you know or something like that it's the same thing we do with our our, our podcasts and yep. our blogs and all that stuff so i think we yeah we should check it out fnd fndfilms.com and you know these guys they they're based in chicago and Chicago? Yes. What if they like? They got really good head dogs out there in Chicago, I bet. It's a lot of, there's a lot of meat in Chicago. You know what the problem with Denver, Colorado is? You can't get a good hot dog. <laughs> Just can't get one. It's like, uh, you know, like hot dogs in Chicago, you know, they're like, they're so much better. <laughs> That's a, it's one of those. Can uh, I tell you about I, the pizza? <laughs> Sorry, Deep dish. Well, no, it sounds like they have Columbia University out there. And that's a great, great film school. And I believe I Columbia University is in Chicago. I thought no, that was in, in Washington D.C. Oh, it's New York City. Columbia Film. No, not University. Columbia Film. Something. It's it's called Columbia. Okay, they could have more than one campus. And it's 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 good. It's um, University of Phoenix does. Which, <laughs> I know for a f- I know University for, of Phoenix <laughs> Film School. I know for a fact it's Columbia. That's where Christopher Nolan went. <laughs> Well, these guys, anyway, I, did, I won't beat the point in, but these guys are fantastic. Go to fndfilms.com. They're, they're just, all their videos are hysterical. And Better yet, go to coloradosportsguys.com. We'll put a, a, a link up or we'll embed one there. Yeah, they have a fantastic one about a pickup basketball game with a very surprise ending. Yes, you'll enjoy the ending. I love that one. You'll all right, Ross. It's like M. Night Shyamalan. February yes, 4th. 1996, the 41 and three Chicago Bulls come to Denver to face the 19 and 25 Nuggets. Nuggets handed the Bulls their fourth loss of the season. Michael Jordan led all scores. He also led all players in minutes played that night. Well, he tied. Yeah, yeah. I was talking about this the next time they were in Denver that. <laughs> oh, never mind. Dikembe Mutombo actually played 47 minutes that night. 47 minutes. That's unbelievable. And he had a total of five blocks. So that was the year they won uh, 72. 72 and 10. Michael Jordan played 42 minutes, 13 of 29 from the field. He led all scores with 39 points. Amazing the, how the memory works. Is that the, I, yeah. I distinctly remember going there to see the 
Bulls play and the height of Jordan. And I thought it was later in the season. I guess February would be very pretty late. late. In the season, yeah. And I could have sworn he didn't play. That must have been a different game, but it's funny how the memory. Well, goes. they only come there one time, so. It um, that season. <laughs> oh, I don't know what the Bulls didn't win six championships. No, no, they just won that one year. Not they were row. good. Just that one year, they were good. <laughs> Not in a row, Ross. That was the year that they played the Sonics. Yeah, was it? Yeah, ninety six. Ninety six. Yeah, that was against the Sonics. But yeah, that's pretty sweet. So that was nineteen ninety six. That was the year after he came back. Yeah, February fourth, ninety six. Oh yeah, I was talking before the ninety four season. Oh okay. Big game from Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf, 32 points for right. Raouf. That had to you be one of the I last seasons he was on. Speaking the of him, I stumbled upon something very funny. and I don't know what's going on with this. I, I stumbled upon a, a Twitter account for Chris Jackson called Raouf, There It Is. And Raouf, that's at Raouf, There Raouf, It Is. I don't want to say anything more. This is, this is interesting. <laughs> Just if you're listening, look this Twitter account up because... Is it his Twitter? I, I don't know. Just look at it. Just I, I won't say anything more. Rauf, this is interesting. I remember that they used to do Rauf, there it is, during, during the, the Nuggets Yeah, games. Rauf, there it is. Yeah, this says yeah. Chris Jackson, and it says his Twitter handle is at Rauf, there it is. Chris Jackson. Which was his name, right? Yeah, that was yeah. his name before. I, I. You know what? He was still playing in Japan. Japan. I think that's the last place I saw him. A couple years ago. I think last year, the year before. I think he's like 42 or something like that. Yeah. I remember. Do you guys remember Chris Jackson hitting that? Uh, it was He was still known as Chris Jackson then. Hitting that half-court shot to win a bet, went, beat the Clippers um, in 1992. <laughs> he hit a half-court, and it was Jerry Schemmel. I'll never forget. I was listening to it on the radio. And I know Rauf, excuse me, Chris Jackson at the time hit the, hit the shot. And Schimmel lost his mind. <laughs> I have never heard Jerry Schimmel that excited. Really? Ever, and before or since. And he was screaming. He's, God, you know. Was this back when the Nuggets played on Channel 2? Channel 2 and Prime Sports. And that was before they were on their own cable network. Like, you could catch Nuggets oh, yeah. games over the air. Same with the Rockies. Weren't they on Channel 2 as well? Or yeah, they 20, were. For forever. KTVD or whatever. The TV announcers for that year was Al Albert and Walter Davis. Al Albert? Like, brother of Marv Albert? Well, yeah, Al Albert was the Nuggets, uh, Nuggets TV play-by-play guy for, like, 20 years. That. He still lives here in town. You're a wealth of knowledge. Definitely. He still lives here in town. You should have him on the podcast. Well, uh, we take a little more higher profile guys than that. So, <laughs> well, you, you, wait. If it was Marv, you would. Uh... Yeah, more. <laughs> well, we wouldn't take him on sweeps. Week. I would not have Marv Albert on here. I would not want to be bitten, chased around. <laughs> How does that guy get a job? And I don't understand it. It's because Marv Albert. Uh, boss, their boss at wherever ABC, TNT, wherever he works, they're like, "You're fired." And Marv's like, "Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell everybody about what you did." And the, the VPs <laughs> are gonna be like, "All right, you can be your back." Well, they fired <laughs> him for a while. He was out for like a season or two. Yeah. My buddy Eric Hanna had a great impression of Marv Albert's "Yes, Yes" growing up. Man, that was good. <laughs> Loved it. Yeah, he was, he would, yeah, yes, and uh, what else would he do? Bite people, I think. Well, yeah. yeah, and wear women's panties. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 
Is that it, fellas? We out of here? <laughs> We're out of here. We're rapping? Jeff Morton, thank you so much. DenverStiffs.com. No problem. Yeah, go read Jeff's Rockies Nuggets comparison. Fantastic article. Yeah, it is good. Sandy Clough talked sure about it. It's got to be good. Say, yes, Sandy talked about sure. it. Too. Yeah, <laughs> I read that. All right, Jeff, before we get out of here, though, favorite <laughs> sports movie? Have you been asked that yet? This is like his <laughs> fifth time here. I was going to say. I probably favorite have. sports movie of August, Jeff, go. <laughs> favorite sports movie of August. Uh, well, I don't know. Mighty Ducks. I don't <laughs> nice. Mighty Ducks. Going with the Ducks. Emilio Estevez, bring it back. <laughs> see, I wasn't going to say Hoosiers because I know you hate that movie. <laughs> good call. I love that movie. All right, Jeff, had a, Jeff had a pretty good uh, dedication. Wait. Oh, yeah. I dedicate this show to your favorite, Ross, Danilo Gallinari. Uh, his birthday is, well, as of people hearing this podcast, it'll be the 8th of August. Well, feliz cumpleaños, Danilo Gallinari. Forza. Is he Spanish or Italian? Italian. Oh, yeah. Felizzo cumpleaños. Forza Gallo. Forza. Gallo, 8-8, having that birthday. 24. Getting older. 24. Awesome. Put in some work, man. We'll see you guys next week.